Good morning. Our reading this morning is taken from Revelation chapter 2, verses 18 to 29, to the church in Thyatira. Verse 18, to the angel of the church in Thyatira write, These are the words of the Son of God, whose eyes are like the blazing fire, and whose feet are like burnished bronze. I know your deeds, your love and faith, your service and perseverance, and that you are now doing more than you did at first. Nevertheless, I have this against you. You tolerate that woman called Jezebel, who calls herself a prophet. By her teaching, she misleads my servants into sexual immorality and the eating of food sacrificed to idols. I have given her time to repent of her immorality, but she is unwilling. So I will cast her on a bed of suffering, and I will make those who commit adultery with her suffer intensely, unless they repent of her ways. I will strike her children dead, then all the churches will know that I am he who searches hearts and minds, and I will repay each of you according to your deeds. Now I say to the rest of you in Thyatira, to you who do not hold to her teaching and have not learned Satan's so-called deep secrets, I will not impose any other burden on you except to hold on to what you have until I come. To the one who is victorious and does my will to the end, I will give authority over the pottery. And that one will rule them with an iron scepter and will dash them to pieces like pottery, just as I have received authority from my father. I will also give that one the morning star. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Thank you. Thank you, Dave, for, uh, for reading uh, the passage from uh, Revelation chapter 2. Uh, good morning. Great to see you all here. Really, really good. Uh, my name is Burton, and I'm the vicar here at the Martyrs. And as Dave mentioned at, uh, mentioned at the beginning, uh, we are currently doing a series in uh, the book of Revelation, chapter uh, 2 and 3. And here Jesus is speaking directly to uh, those uh, seven churches that we uh, saw uh, on that map. And uh, over the last few weeks, we have heard about the church in Ephesus, who tells us to not let our love for Jesus grow cold. From Smyrna, we have heard, do not fear the persecution of the world. And last week, uh, we heard that Pergamum says, trust the word of God to keep you strong and faithful. And so this morning it is about the church that is located in Theatira. And I'm sure that's not the right pronunciation, but we go with that one, Theatira. And the city of Theatira has no real claim to fame. 
It's not a very significant city by human standards. And it's not like the, the big port city of Ephesus or the strategically located city of Pergamon. Compared to other churches, this would be a small town church. And the city was famous for its craftsmanship in fields such as clothing, pottery and metal. Uh, and to be employed as a craftsman or woman, one had to be a member of one of their guilds, or a bit like a, a trade union. The issue with that was that uh, as a member of these trade unions, you had to also worship their god, the god of that particular union. To attend pagan festivals and eat food that had been sacrificed to its idol. So what then do Christians do in that context? How can they earn a living and yet stay true to their Christian faith? In uh, the book of Acts, chapter 16, we come across Lydia, who came from Theatira. And she became a Christian after an encounter with uh, Paul and Luke and one or two others. And we don't know exactly what happened, but it would have been interesting to discover how her newfound faith impacted on her as a businesswoman dealing with uh, selling cloth. This morning, if you have got access to a Bible, can I ask you to turn with me to this passage in Revelation chapter 2. There are some Bibles around uh, some of the pews. Uh, You may have uh, one on your uh, phone, on your mobile. Uh, Thank you, John. Okay, so uh, if you can turn to Revelation chapter 2 and uh, verse 18, and it's on page, in these Bibles, it's on page 1, 2, 3, 4. One straightforward. Page 1, 2, 3, 4. Revelation chapter 2 and verse 18. You may have to share a Bible. Uh, okay. So, page 1, 2, 3, 4. And it says there, and we read it, we heard Dave reading it to us uh, in verse 18. To the angel of the church in Theatira. Right. These are the words of the Son of God, whose eyes are like blazing fire, and whose feet are like burnished bronze. As the Son of God, Jesus has blazing eyes like blazing fire, that can pierce through facades and masks and get right to the heart of the matter. Jesus has feet like burnished bronze which can trample sin underfoot and if need be to punish what is wrong. And both are needed in this church at Theatira as it is the most corrupt church of the seven churches in Revelation chapter 2 and 3. And the main issue was the issue of false teaching which led to wrong and sinful behavior, and therefore a church that had compromised 
their faith. And the accusation by Jesus was that they tolerated the woman Jezebel. You see this in verse 20. They tolerated the woman Jezebel. It seemed to be that at this church there was this person who, had, who was a very dominant leader. And Jesus named them Jezebel. Uh, most likely that was not their real name. Their actual name. But Jesus chooses the name of the most evil woman in the Old Testament to describe the character of this person. And we find the story of Jezebel in uh, First and Second Kings in the Old Testament. And Jezebel, she was the wife of King Ahab, a king of Israel. She practiced witchcraft. She worshipped false gods. She supported and encouraged hundreds of false prophets. And she persecuted and sought to kill prophets of God, including Elijah. And she succeeded to the point that Elijah thought that he was the only true prophet left. Jezebel was a ruthless, immoral seducer of the people. And that is why Jesus selects her name for this false prophet at Theatira. False teaching. In these verses we find that this teaching promoted sexual immorality and eating food that was unlawful. I guess the question is, how do we guard ourselves against false teaching? How do we recognize it? That Jesus is less than God is false teaching. That everyone will be forgiven without repentance is false teaching. That we can earn our salvation is false teaching. That a little white lie is okay is false teaching. What else? And how do we recognize what is false? Of course, as Good Christians, you know, we know that, know that the main way of discovering what is truth and false is found in Scripture, in the Bible. And therefore it is so important for us, isn't it, that we read, that we study, that we meditate, that we pray into, that we learn, that we discuss Scripture, Bible. We will then, of course, be much quicker to recognize what is false. And if we are not sure about something, beyond, before we do anything else, we must return to Scripture and try to find out what it says. False teaching. And then in verse 23, Jesus went on to say that I am he who searches hearts and minds, and I will repay each of you according to your deeds. He knows what is really going on in this church, but also in our lives. He knows what is really going on in our hearts and minds. Not only can he see what we do, but he can see the motivation behind what we do. 
You know, hopefully all of us here, we know that uh, to be a Christian, it's wonderful. It is really, really wonderful. And at the same time, it is very challenging, isn't it? Is it challenging? It's quite hard at times. Yeah, one or two people, yeah. It can be really, really hard, really challenging to stray, to stay on that straight and narrow, to stay true to scripture, to repent regularly, to forgive, to be kind and generous, to pray, to keep good moral standards. It's quite daunting. It's quite hard work at times. It requires much courage and much stamina. To be a disciple, to be a follower of Jesus can be very challenging. Although I think, uh, tend to think that to not be a follower of Jesus must be even harder. You know, we are called to be a church. Please listen to this. We are called to be a church that is both relevant and yet distinct. Jesus talks about this in John 17. That we are in the world, but we are not of the world. If we are of the world, we are on dangerous ground. We are called to be relevant. We are called to be relevant and connected to the world around us. That means we stay engaged. We are visible. We, we, we care for people around us. We are generous. We are kind. But we are also called to be distinct. We do many things differently to people around us because we are Christians. Paul says in Romans 12 that we should not conform to the pattern of this world. That means we are not to agree with or follow what the average person around us do. We live differently. Because we follow Jesus. We follow Jesus. We try to follow what God says. We aim to conform to His Word and His plans for our lives. So a couple of challenging questions for us. How is my life, your life, different to those around you who don't follow Jesus? What difference does Jesus make? What aspect of my life would attract non-Christians to Jesus? What aspect of my life would attract non-Christians to Jesus? And they are challenging questions. But Jesus searches hearts and minds. And once Jesus quoted Isaiah when he spoke to a group of people, These people honour me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. You have let go of the commands of God and are holding on to human traditions. And there are lots of commands that God has given us. The greatest ones are love for us to love God with our heart, mind, soul and strength and love of our neighbour. Another biggie is to go into all the world and make disciples of all people. Disciple them. Baptizing them, teaching them to obey everything that Jesus has commanded us. I guess if we don't follow those commands, you know, we are missing the point of why we are here. 
And a little bit later in Mark 7, Jesus said, Nothing outside a person can defile them by going into them. Rather, it is what comes out of a person that defiles them. For it is from within, out of a person's heart, that evil thoughts come. Sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance and folly. All these evils come from inside and defile a person. So nothing outside can make us sin. It's from within. As someone once said, the heart of the issue is the issue of the human heart. And Jesus searches hearts and minds. And he is good at touching our hearts. He is so good at softening our hearts. He is so good at transforming our hearts. The psalmist says, Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. You know, this week, as most of you know, uh, is the start of Lent. It's the start of Lent. And Lent is a time when we particularly open ourselves up to God to allow Him to search us. It's a time of self-reflection. And I really want to encourage everyone here at the Martyrs to do exactly that. Perhaps even to fast, as I mentioned in the Martyrs Matters. Maybe fast from an, some food or, or some drinks. Maybe even do a whole day of fasting. Uh, and uh, there's, some, there's a sheet at the back uh, that you can pick up regarding fasting, how, fasting, how to do it, etc. But whatever you choose to do, I want to encourage all of us over these next six weeks to make some extra time to read the Bible, to pray, to worship, and to invite God's Spirit to reveal what is really going on in your heart and in your life. Hopefully it will be encouraging, but I also suspect that it will be quite challenging. Because often when we allow God to come, to draw close, and to reveal our hearts to us, we discover that not everything is as good as we think it is, and as we often pretend it is. Some years ago, Sue and I, we made the decision to not have a TV in our house for six months. Anyone here has got a TV at home? Anyone has got a TV? Come on, all of you got a TV. Okay. But we decided not to have a team in our house for six months. Uh, and we got into the habit, because we got into the habit of watching anything and everything. Nearly. Uh, and watching it late at night. And generally wasting a lot of hours doing nothing. And when we did eventually get one again, and we do have a TV now, by the way. Uh, it was quite a shock to find so many of the programs that we used to watch, they, they seem to be so violent and so immoral. We had become desensitized without realizing it. And the six-month fast opened our eyes to that. And I guess if you ever fasted from drinking alcohol, you will soon become aware of how many programs on television and ads have alcohol in them. I guess Lent can give us the opportunity for the Holy Spirit to search our hearts 
and realign ourselves again. And one prayer, one prayer I have found often uh, praying during these times of self-reflection and meditation is the prayer by David found in Psalm 51. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Jesus says, hold on to what you have until I come. Do you guys know that Jesus is, really, he is coming back again. He is returning. It's not just a kind of a fantasy thing. He really is coming back again. As a staff team last week in Vishobar, we spent some time discussing what we thought about the end time and the return of Jesus. And whether we can see any signs of his, that points to his return. Jesus is coming back again. That day is getting closer. And the Bible strongly admonishes us to be ready for that day. In fact, to live each day as though it is this day, it is today when Jesus is returning. And therefore we all need to get our house in order. We need to hold on to Jesus. We need to hold on to his word. And we need to encourage each other in this Christian race to keep going. Not to pull back or stop going altogether. Not compromise on our faith or on God's word. To keep following Jesus with all that we have and to remain faithful. And then hopefully, and I pray, that each one of us will one day hear those words, Well done. Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things, and I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Amen. Before I hand back to David, I would love to pray uh, for uh, some people here this morning. Uh, in fact, I would like to pray for anyone of us who uh, maybe even this morning you've been reminded of something, some aspect of your life where you have compromised your faith. 
And I'm not necessarily talking about a kind of massive sin or you have done it in a horrible thing. But you know, you have not given Jesus all in an area of your life. It could be in something related to your work situation. You compromise your faith. Maybe you have an opportunity to share something, to demonstrate something of Jesus and fear stopped you. Maybe something in your personal relationship with Jesus and spending time with him and maybe praying. And I, I'm going to invite you to, if that's you, please don't feel any pressure, but if that's you, I would like to invite you to stand, uh, stand where you are because I would like to pray for you. And by the way, I'm standing. I'm standing because uh, I feel God is challenging me to go so much deeper with him in my prayer life. And also, secondly, uh, to uh, dedicate, to be much more intentional in sharing Jesus with others. I haven't done enough of that in recent months, particularly. So I'm standing. I wonder if, if, if that's you. I just want to invite you to stand because I would love to pray for you. Those of you sitting, please join me just in your heart praying for those who are standing. Uh, pray for me, pray for us. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you that you are love. We are loved by you. Thank you, your grace, your mercy. Thank you every morning. And this morning, Lord, we open ourselves for your grace and your mercy. We open ourselves up to you, Holy Spirit. Because you know our hearts, Jesus. You know our hearts. You know what's really going on. And Lord, I pray that you forgive us. Each one of us. Each one of us who are standing right now. Whatever area we have compromised in. Lord, we pray that you forgive us now and cleanse us. And pour your grace into our lives. Touch our hearts afresh. Lord, because we want to go all the way with you, Jesus. Lord, we want to go all the way with you. We want to be steadfast. We want to be faithful. So Lord, pour your spirit out upon us now. Lord, renew a right spirit within us. Come Holy Spirit, help us, help us this afternoon, help us this week, help us to live wholeheartedly for you, to love you with all our heart, mind, soul and strength and love our neighbours as ourselves. Help us Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen.